You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. We're praying really fast. Uh, Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for for who you are, God, and and we just love you so much, God. And and we just pray, Lord, that you would help us to to have eyes to see and ears to hear, God, and a heart that's open, Lord, um, to what you want to do, God, tonight, Lord, because we want to encounter you, Jesus. We want to encounter you, God. We don't want to leave the same. Um, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So. I was, I've been reading, I've been reading, I've been praying, I've been listening to different messages, <laughs> and, and I'm really, really so, so thankful. Um, we, we have so many different resources now today, right? There's, you can find literally anything within seconds. We were at Bible study, and, and Brother Jesse had, he had, he said like a scripture, and then Brandon found it like within three seconds. And we're like, oh yeah, that's the one. Um, and, and so I, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing, right? Um, and so I've been listening to, to messages, and, and I've been feeding my, my, my spirit. And, and, and there's, if you know me, I, I talk a lot about um, this, this place called the Upper Room, <laughs> um, but it, it's in Dallas. And we went, and we got to go. Me and Brandon, and it was well, I got to go while he was working. Um, but I was, I was just so like. I just need to share a little bit of background um, because of this is where the, these messages. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, this, these are where these messages are, um, and and what God started speaking to me, and and, and He's be, He's begun to reveal things to me that I'm like, man, God, like this is what You're calling for everybody. It's not just a one person thing, and 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 so it's all about loving Jesus, all about loving Jesus, and 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 it's all about just pouring out your heart to him and loving him and really not just thanking him for what he's done in your life, but, but really loving on him for who he is. And, and so you really have to ask yourself, who has God been to me? Who is God to you? And, and so I begin to ask myself that and I, and I begin to, I mean, our, our theme of, our, of, uh, of this year, um, it, it's, so, it's so timely. Um, and I believe it's so timely for, for not only our church, but for for the world, um, for you see places and people everywhere, they're doing something different. And, and, and what it is, is we're learning to posture our hearts before the Lord. To not just, God, what can you do for me? But to really posture your heart before the Lord and say, God, I love you. I love you with everything that I have. And, and, and so God began to, to, to deal with me and convict me because I haven't done that. I, I, I began to learn to do that. And, and it was something that, that had to be learned because sometimes, if I'm just going to be real, we think that doing things is, is what it means to love Jesus. And it's, and it's not. And, and the reason why it's not is because Jesus says it for himself in, in the book of Matthew in, in verse uh, 
in verse 20, chapter 22, 34 through 40, when the Pharisees are asking him a question and, and they start telling him, it says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together in the same place. And one of them, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, it's like, he's, so the Pharisee is telling Jesus, which one's the greatest? And Jesus is the son of God. And, 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 and so Jesus is like, I know what's the greatest to the Lord. And so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and, 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 and with all your soul. And this is the greatest and most important commandment. And then he says, the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we do that here at Praise Chapel. We, we love God and we love people. Amen? Um, but what God began to, to show me as, as I began to meet with him by myself, as I, as I begin to really, God, help me understand what does that mean? To minister to your heart? To love on you? I, help me to understand what that means because I really don't know what that means. And, and, and he began to, to show me that it's not about doing things for me, Des. It's about loving me and really putting me at the forefront And we, because we have a quality time God. He's a quality time God and he values our valuing of him. He loves when we sit and we talk to him and, 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 and we're just in his presence. He loves it. And, and he delights in us delighting in him. And, and, and I, it was so like mind-baffling because I, I didn't think about it that way before. And, and there was times where I would, you know, I, I love you, I love you, God. But then it would, okay, God, now I pray for this. <laughs> and and it, it switched really fast. Um, and, and so... God is, is trying to get us to understand that loving God, that takes over everything. That, that's the first thing. And, and, and it's not just someone saying it. It's, it's what he said in, when he was talking to the Pharisees. Um, and he delights in it, right? Um, Psalm 63, 1 through 5, it says, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek, seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that's dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. Because of your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I'll praise you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me. Um, my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. I'm reading some of these scriptures just because I want to get you to understand that, that God loves when we delight in him. Because Psalms 147, 11, it says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. He takes pleasure when you position yourself in front of him and, and, and you begin to, to, to love on him. Amen? And so our, our love for him, it moves him. And, and so he's provoked when, when we begin to position ourselves. And so, like I said, our response is maybe you can say, Well, I work, I work in the ministry. I, I, I work. I serve here in the cafe. Or... Um, I sing up here on stage. I do many things because I love him. And, and ministering to people and, and, and service to the Lord, those things are measurable, amen? And, and so we think sometimes sitting in a room and just being here saying, I love you, Jesus, is like, that's not productive. We think that, right? Like, oh, I could, I could be making flyers for the outreach. I could be doing, I could be doing X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And, and so... There is something that is so productive when you really sit before the Lord. And sometimes we, we don't think so. And so that's why it's neglected. It, it's neglected because we think, well, let me do something that's going to be beneficial to, for Jesus. 
And Jesus is like, I want your heart. He's like, I want you. Like, I want you to sit here. I want you to tell me how much you love me. Um, and, and so God is really shifting what it means to rightly respond to him. And, and so that's what I really want to talk about today, what, what it means to love him with, with everything. And, and, and so if you really catch this revelation, like if you really understand to rightly respond to the Lord, it will jack you up. <laughs> like it will like, it will wreck your world where you're like, what have I been doing? I just want to sit here with you, Jesus. That, that's all I want to do. It, it'll ruin you. It really will. And, and the only reason why I'm saying that so passionately is because God has been doing that inside of me. And I'm so thankful that, man, God, you're teaching me things that I've, I, I, and, you're, and I'm continuing to learn. Um, and it's such a revelation that, like, man, we, God doesn't want to just do that individually. He wants to do that corporately. He wants to do that with everyone, each and every one of us. And, and, and there's an urgency to, to, to really grasp that. And, and so what we're going to look at today is, is there's two stories in, in the book of Luke. Now, the first one in chapter 7 of 36 through 50, it's, liter- it's, it's about this woman. And I was, it's about the woman. She was, she, she was, a, 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 she was a sinner. And... Um, but the way she responded to the Lord was, was so different in comparison to, the, to um, Simon, which was the Pharisee, who had invited Jesus to the house. And, and then there's Luke uh, 10, which is, um, if you're familiar with it, it's Martha and Mary. And it's the responses that, and, and I really want to look, uh, look at what their responses is. Because when, it, when you look at that banner right there, be still, it, prov- it provokes a lot of different things, right? Um. If I say still, if I say be still, what does that mean to you? Can someone like shout, what does that mean? Be still. Don't move. Someone else? Patience. Okay, so there, there, there's different things, right, that, that, um, that come when, it, when you hear that phrase, be still. But I want to let you know today, and this is what God was showing me, be, to be still is a response. It's a response. To be still, there is a response. Even though you may think, I mean, and everyone, we all have different perspectives of it, but to really be still, that's a response to something. And, and God's looking for us, corporately, like I said, and individually, to rightly respond to the Lord, to rightly respond to him. And, and so let's look at Luke um, 7, 36 through 50. Um, and so this is, it's much forgiveness, much, you know, talked about forgiveness, that's, that's crazy. Well, it's not crazy, it's the Lord, right? But um, I want to look at it in a way that I never looked at it myself. Um, so let's read. So it says, then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And so... I just want to read that first part because it says, then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. Whenever you welcome Jesus, he will always come. He will always show up. Whenever there's an invitation, the Lord shows up. And it says he entered the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. So 
This Pharisee invites him. There, there, was, there was some relations between the Pharisees and, and Jesus. So they weren't completely enemies. So it was, hey, the Pharisee at least wanted a close, honest look at Jesus. That's why he invited him. And Jesus, he comes in. He's like, okay, you invite me, I'm going to come in. So number one, I just want you to know whenever we welcome or invite the Lord into our house, into your room, wherever you're at, he, he will always show up. Um, it's, it can be a place of, of gathering, but wherever, just know that he always shows up. Um, and we're really good, though, right, at, at making meals for Jesus. We're really good at presenting meals. We're really good at creating experiences. Whatever it is, we're really good at it. You name it, we invite our friends to it, to gather around the one. And that's what this man was doing. He, he invited him, and, and so he's like, okay, like, I want Jesus to come. I'm going to set everything up. Okay, so let's read 37. A woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the Pharisee's house. So it says she was a sinner and she found out that Jesus was reclining at, at the table. So they don't say it in here, but most people suppose that she was probably a prostitute. She was a notorious sinner. Um, and so her presence in the Pharisee's house had to have shown some courage and some determination of like, what, Jesus Jesus is at the Pharisee's house? I need to get in there. I need to go in there. And, and so she was willing to do everything and anything to express her love for Jesus. So she was, and I really want to point this out, she was no longer a sinner. It says, and a woman in the town who was a sinner. She was a sinner. And, and she came looking for, for Jesus. And, and so she found out where, she, where he was and she knew where he was sitting at. She knew where he was reclining. And so she sought him out and she wanted to meet with Jesus. And, and then it says, so she brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet, weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her head, kissing them and anointing them with the fragrant oil. And so Jesus is reclining. And, and, and so back then when it, when it says people, well, when people would recline when they were going on festive meals, the way they were sitting, Jesus was probably like, I mean, I don't want to sit down right now, but, I, um, but he was like probably like this and his feet were out, okay? So he's, he's basically like that, sitting down, okay? And, and, and so his face is like this way with everybody, you know, he's in the party and everyone's talking and, and this woman, just picture, this woman comes and is, is like, Jesus, where's Jesus? She's like, oh, there's Jesus. So she goes, she's not directly in front of him, she's behind him. It says, it says that she, she, was, she went behind him um, verse 38, and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with the hair of her head, kissing them and anointing them with the fra fragrant oil. So, in all probability, the woman intended to anoint his head, but because that was the closest she could get to him, she was like, I'm going to anoint something, <laughs> so I'm anointing his feet. And, and so she goes there, but I really want us to pay attention to her response, because her response was completely different than everyone in the room. And you know what? It affected everyone. It affected everyone. And, and, and I was looking up, I, I, sh I was going to give Brandon a picture because I was looking on Google about this, um, this picture. And it looked kind of funny to me because um, while she's doing that, you could see the, like, the Pharisees, they're like, oh, what's going on? 
and, and, and so what she did triggered something in everyone at that party. What she did, it, it did, it, it really did, and, and it was so different, her response. And I wanna let you know, because when you rightly respond to the Lord, paradigms are confronted. When you rightly respond to God, people are like, what is going on? Why is this happening? Well, that's, well, I prepared this. I, well, I'm supposed to meet with Jesus, and why is this lady doing this? And, and so that's, that, you could think those were the thoughts of, of, of these Pharisees. And, and she really, all she cared about was him. She went and she rightly responded to the Lord. And, and so when you rightly respond to God and you really posture your heart towards the Lord, paradigms, ideologies, expectations of what you think is supposed to happen, all of those things are confronted. They are. They're confronted. We, we have a lot of different expectations. Who has, have you ever had an expectation of, of, of what something was supposed to be like? Maybe how a situation or even how your life was supposed to end up? I don't know. There could be lots of expectations. And when something doesn't happen, it's like our world shatters, right? And we're like, what is going on? And, and, and so... I just want to let us know today that when we rightly respond to, to Jesus, something begins to happen. And, and it does, it, 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 it stirs something even in the hearts of those around you. And even in maybe in yourself. And, and so I want to read a little bit. It says, verse 39, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, because it confronted a, a paradigm. And the reason why I'm saying that, because look at this man's internal response. He says, he says, he said to himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. What was going on here? This Pharisee, was stuff was going on inside of his heart. As this woman approached him, I mean, really, she hijacked the party. She, she hijacked the party. She, she, she did something that was, she, she wasn't even invited to that party. <laughs> she, she went only because she knew Jesus was at that party, amen? And, and, and she went and she knew that she had to rightly respond to the Lord. And, and the Pharisee, he's just like, man, he, he starts becoming so critical of Jesus. He's not even really, I mean, he calls the lady, she's a sinner, but, but she he starts becoming so critical of Jesus. And then he starts to, be, he starts to question who he is, um, why he's allowing this woman to touch him. And then he starts calling her of what, he, what she used to be. Because that wasn't her anymore. And I don't know about you. I don't know what you were called in the past. I don't know your past. I don't know what you've struggled with. But that's not you anymore. And you can rightly respond to the Lord. And he will take gladness and he will delight in it when you rightly respond to the Lord. He will. And, and so this woman, she, she rightly responded. The Pharisee, well, he, he welcomed Jesus into the home. And Jesus always shows up, right? He entered, but... His response, we're going to get into that a little bit right now. And so let's, let's read. So Jesus starts saying, says, Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. And so then he starts talking to him about this parable, 
parable, <laughs> parable, a creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of one of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You've judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? So I want to let you know the woman wasn't forgiven because of her great love. It was her great love was evidence that she had been forgiven. Because of what she knew she was forgiven of, she rightly responded to God. Do you know what you've been forgiven of? Do you? Because we were sinners on our way to hell, amen, and the Lord came and he sent his son to die on a cross for us, and we think it's so, it's so basic. We think like, oh yeah, I know he did that. No, he did that for you and for me so that you could have eternal life. And sometimes we treat it as if it's nothing. We treat it like, well, God's not doing anything in my current situation right now. Right? God's not, well, God's not showing up here. So I don't know where he's at. No, he has done something. He has died on the cross for you and he's shed his blood for you so that you can have everlasting life, so you can have relationship with him. So then that means we ought to respond to the Lord in a right way. We, we ought to. And, and so because she knew the price that he, well, he hadn't died right, you know, he hadn't died there yet. But because we know, we know the price that he paid, we ought to respond rightly to the Lord. And, and so her great love was evidence that she had been forgiven. Maybe it was privately on a, a different occasion. And, and, and so she was already responding to what the Lord had done in her life. And, and Jesus, man, he just confronts Simon, but he doesn't do it in a mean way. Jesus doesn't say, well, look at you, Simon, and, and I can't believe this. You're a sinner. He doesn't start talking like that. Jesus uses a parable, um, and Jesus kind of flips the script on, on the Pharisee, and he starts asking him a question, right? He, he starts getting, basically turning it over so that Simon can understand, like, do you see what's going on in this situation? And, and, and so... She knew she was at the dinner party and she rightly responded to the Lord. And, and Simon was so worried about Jesus critiquing the woman and what she did. that he, and, and he even thought, I would think that Jesus was like, oh, well, if he knew the woman that was touching him. So it was, he was now questioning Jesus' authority. He was now questioning, well, who is this man really anyway? And Jesus is like, hold on. Check this out because I'm going to check your heart. You haven't even expressed verbally what, I, what you're saying, but you know what? I know the thoughts of man. I know the heart of man. And, and so he, he confronts it. And, and, and so let's read on. <laughs> it says, 44, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. So 
I, I keep saying this, but Jesus always comes in, right? He always comes into the house. And, and now that he's come in, and now that the, this woman has, has, has responded to him, she's made a big scene, she's hijacked the party, she's done these things. Um, now Jesus is telling the Pharisee, you didn't do these things. I came into your house. I, I, I came in, I was invited, I entered, and you didn't respond rightly to me. She responded rightly to the Lord, to what he already did in her life. And, and, and it's so important that, you, that we understand that, that God, is, God has, already do, has already done something. John 7, 38 says, The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. There's a source in you, and it's a spring. And, and, and it's, it's, it's funny because God is always doing something in us, like, just, just like what I said, Jesus dying on the cross, he's done something already. We want to look for something to say, God, what have you done? What are you doing? But he has done something. And if you're connected to the source, there's a living water flowing in you. When you have Jesus in your heart, there's a living water that's flowing within you. And you can never run dry. So, so when we say, man, I'm just going through a dry season, it's not true because God says that he puts a living water inside of us. So if there's a living water inside of us, how can we ever be dry? How can we ever run dry? How, how can that be when we know, God, you are my source. Is God your source in this place? Amen. He's, he is our source. And, and this woman, she, she, knew, she knew that she had to be close to Jesus. She knew she had to be there with Jesus. And, and, and so Jesus, like I said, he starts telling Simon about his experience. Jesus starts commenting on his experience of being in Simon's house. That's what Jesus starts doing. He, Jesus starts saying, all right, uh, Simon, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. And, and then he starts going on. And, and so Jesus starts commenting on the response that he got when he came into the house. When he came into Simon's house, now he's commenting on what he experienced. And I wonder, I wonder if, what would Jesus say when, when he's here in our house? Are we rightly responding to Jesus? Are you rightly responding to him? Are, 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 you, are you making it about everything but Jesus? The, the service, the the. the Anything, the lights, the, the kids' ministry, none of those things matter unless, it's, unless Jesus is, is in it. Amen? None of those things matter. And, and, and so Jesus is commenting on, this is what I experienced being in your house. And, and, and it's a little, it should be a, a wake-up call for us. Because we should ask ourselves or ask the Lord, Lord, what do you experience when I, we, when I meet with you, what is, God, what do you experience when, when, when you come into my house? When, when, when I'm here and you're, wherever you meet with the Lord, are you just giving God every list, every need? And, and, and you're not even making room to love on him? 
Or are you really rightly responding to him? Because the woman, she got it right. Jesus' response to Simon is like, Simon, do you see her love? Do you see her repentance and her devotion? That's what I see. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what I see. I see her love. I see that she is, she, it's an emotional response and I, and I love it. You know why? Because my presence provokes emotion and, and, and it, it provokes something to respond to. And, and, and Jesus is like, I entered your house, 44. You gave me no water for my feet. Jesus noticed there was a neglect. He noticed there was a neglect in what the Pharisee did because he didn't offer her him any water. And then he says, he says, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Jesus appreciated her devotion. He didn't reject emotional devotion. He doesn't reject your tears. He doesn't reject the things that, that, that are hard when you, you just, it's like, I can't cry or I, I can't pour these things out to the Lord. Yes, he appreciates all of it. You gave me no kiss, 45, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. And then there's this talk among the people, um, and they, they, they start saying, like, who is this man? They, it says, 49, those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So her tears were her pain. Your pain, the things that you go through, you can bring those before the Lord. They're an act of worship. Being at the feet of Jesus, it provoked her to weep. It provoked her to cry. It's not that she was led by her emotions. It was just that being in the presence of the Lord provoked an emotional response. And she couldn't contain it. She, so she wept. She couldn't contain it. Her her, the kisses, it was passion. Passion. She was loving on Jesus loving on him, telling him how she's so, she, I mean, she was kissing his feet, but when's the last time you kissed Jesus' feet? When's the last time you, you told him, God, I'm so in love with you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You're so good, God. Just being there and, and, and loving on him. When's the last time you really did that? And then oil, laying down. He, she had oil, that oil, that was like resources. That was, that was expensive, and, and so we want you to know, laying down your resources at his feet. Well, you should never be so comfortable to think that, well, I'm good. I got this going on. I, I, I got A, B, C, you know, all of these things. I got it all under control. I don't need to lean upon the rock. He's the cornerstone, amen? He wants us to never be so comfortable, but to lay everything at his feet. And if you really notice, throughout the whole passage, the woman didn't speak once. If you really read it, she didn't. She, she did not verbally respond at all. <laughs> but her physical response, how she went to go look for Jesus, and how she postured her heart before the Lord, it was the loudest voice in the room. It was the loudest action in the room because she knew what to do. Amen, amen. She knew what to do. Jesus only said 12 words to her. You can count them. I counted them. <laughs> she only said 12 words. She was at his feet. And when you're at his feet, you will find exactly what you need. Not what you want, not what you expect, but what you need. What you need. And, and, and he knew what she needed and he responded because he responded to her. And he, he told her, he said, your sins are forgiven. She didn't tell him anything, but she, 
Because she was so close to Jesus, she was so close to his feet, he knew what she needed. He did. He, he, he completely knew. We, and and uh, he's the deliverer. You're looking for deliverance. You're looking for healing. You're looking, what are you looking for tonight? Because you need to meet the healer. You need to meet the deliverer. You need to meet the savior. Maybe you're not saved. I don't know. These things, you need to meet God, an encounter with God, because an encounter with God will change you. It will change you. That's the only thing that can change you. It won't be, it won't be messages. It won't be the next song. It won't be anything but Jesus. That's literally it. He is the only one that can change you. He's the only one that, that, that can do something in your life that you've never thought could be done. I can't get out of this. I, I, I'm stuck in this habit. I'm stuck in this. You know what? You need to meet Jesus. You need to have an encounter with Jesus. And he will give you what you need. When you're close to his feet, man, he will give you what you need. And it's the same thing with, with, with Martha and Mary in Luke. In Luke 10, 38 through 41, it, it talks about um, Martha, she welcomed him in her home. And it says, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Mar Martha welcomed him into her home. So she welcomed him in too. Jesus always shows up. If Jesus were outside right now and you opened that door and you said, Jesus, come on in. He will come in. And, and she, she, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Um, 39, it says, 39? No. <laughs> um, she, she had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. She was literally caught up in his presence, Mary. She rightly responded to the Lord. She was literally sitting at his feet. And, and, and it, then it says 40, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And so Martha, she wasn't internalizing it. She wasn't keeping it in her heart. She actually told Jesus like, Jesus, what's up, man? Here I am serving, doing all this stuff. How come she's not doing anything? He li she literally told Jesus that, like, man, girl, are you talking to Jesus like that? No, but <laughs> um, she did that. And, and Martha, man, she literally was like, this is how I feel, God. Do something about it. Do something. She was demanding. And you know what Jesus, Jesus is like, all right, Martha, I acknowledge your feelings. <laughs> You're worried and you are upset about many things. He acknowledges it. He knows what you're going through. Man, it's hot up here. <laughs> um, um, and then he says, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. When you rightly respond to the Lord, it's, it won't be taken away from you. You can welcome him in, and he will always show up. He will recline at your table. He will come into your house. He will. But, and we can welcome him in, and you can respond like Martha or Simon and not give him what he wants. Not, and, and you cannot know the hour of his visitation. When, he's, when he comes in the room and he's here, you could treat him like he's not in the room. We can. We can treat him like that where it's like, 
All right, let's move on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. It's about Jesus. This is why we meet. It's all about Jesus. And someone said the greatest sin is to ignore him when he's there. When he shows up. When you, the minute you call on him, he comes. He's here. And, and then we, we act like he's not here. And then what he ends up doing, well, he, Jesus still sat down at that Pharisee's house. He was still reclining at the table. He was still there, but he wasn't the main attraction because Simon didn't make him the main attraction. And, and you, God help us the, if we don't make him the main attraction in our lives, in our church. Amen. You might think, what do I do when I invite him in? You just keep on inviting him in. You keep on welcoming him in. You never stop pouring out your tears. You never stop telling him, him how much you love him. You, ne you never stop. You never slouch. You always need to posture your heart towards, towards Jesus because then you learn to discover who he is and what he likes. And you begin to become obsessed and addicted to Jesus. To Jesus. That, that's it. You begin to, man, God, what do you want to say now? What did your word say? And, and you begin to, to fall in love really with, with the Lord. And, and, and we need people that love Jesus, that are, falling, that are man, completely struck in love with Jesus, that it's only about, about him. And, and, and he says, I can't come in unless you invite me in. He's not going to barge his way in. He's not going to be like, make room for me. He needs to be invited, and you need to invite, invite the Lord into your house. When we're here, invite him here and, and stay there. Stay loving on him. You don't have to wait for, for the next thing to happen. You just need to stay in his presence because being still is a response. And you need to rightly respond to the Lord. We need to rightly respond to the Lord. If you, if you want to encounter with the Lord, you want to be changed, you need to rightly respond to him. That's, that, that's, that's all where it comes down to. And I think that was, oh yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's really what, what I have tonight um, because it's just so necessary. Um, it's, it's, it's so important to, to know that. And, and I don't know about, man, I want encounters with Jesus. When Paul, Paul didn't hear the message there's someone. He had an encounter with Jesus, amen? And God wants to give you encounters tonight. And, and, and I really pray that you, we can rightly respond to the Lord when we can really say, God, I want to rightly respond to you. I want to I shower you with, 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 with love. I want to bring my tears to you. I want to bring everything to you. I love you, God. I'm, I'm all in. He, that's what he wants from you. He wants, to, he wants you to rightly respond. And, and so I just, I mean, th that's all I have. And, and I encourage you to, to, to really read that passage. I read it four or five, six times, and, and, and God just began to break me. Like, man, I, she entered, you didn't give me a kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing me since I came in. Wow. I, it's like, man, God, I, I'm sorry for not doing those things. When I, those, that is what you want, God. You want me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul. It's not about service. It's not about anything else. It's only about you. And if you really get that, God will change your life. 
He will. He will change your life and you won't ever be the same. And and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. We can turn the lights off and the worship team can come up. And off.